Gospel Heart tonight is a new song. And that is, you'll see why we titled it that, Psalm 33. Psalm 33, and it starts like... <laughs> For tuning in online, welcome to Little Sandy Baptist Church, 3569 State Route 3307, Greenup, Kentucky. If you do not have a regular home church home of your own, I invite you to worship with us. And this coming Sunday is Bring a Friend Sunday, an 11 a.m. service. I invite you to worship with us here at Little Sandy. If you're following along, Psalm 33, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp. Sing unto him with the psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and by the host, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as in heap. He layeth up the depths and storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. May the Lord's blessing to the reading of his word. I wonder if Martin Luther was looking at that verse 9 when he penned, One little word will fail him. At the end of that of end of verse 3, A mighty fortress is our God, speaking of the Satan. One little word will fail him. God spake and it was done. If God can create by the word of his mouth, I think he can take care of Satan with one word. And so perhaps he was thinking about that. Uh, we find then that this is a wonderful psalm. It, it is, uh, I think we called it earlier on, an, an orphan psalm. It does not have specific author. Perhaps it was David. Do you remember how many books within the psalms, there's how many groupings of psalms? Five is correct. Five groupings of psalms. 1 to 41, 42 to 72, 73 to 89, 90 to 106, and 107 to 150. We talked about anthropomorphism. That is giving to God human characteristics so we can understand the seeing. He sees us. He hears our prayer, etc. And we think about that and realizing that God is a spirit. So he doesn't have those things per se, but they are they are uh, how we understand what God can do or what he does for us. Things that we are thankful. Next Sunday, uh, next Wednesday is our Thanksgiving service. I've already got the turkeys ready. And what I'm going to give everybody gets a turkey, a paper turkey. And you're going to write on the feathers what you're thankful for. And turn them in and we're going to see what people are thankful for. So if you want to bring crayons for next Wednesday, bring them on. I'll have some of them. I mean, I'll bring mine. You can color your turkey. Most important thing is we, why are we thankful? We should be thankful above all. We are blessed people. So that was the key, being thankful. Uh, the key to a thankful, worshiping heart is to rely completely on the Lord. Rely completely on the Lord. Number one was complete trust in the Lord results in a thankful, worshiping heart. What are you trusting in? If you're trusting in anything with the Lord, you're going to be disappointed, I believe, for sure. Verse number two, thought, praise the Lord with, uh, with harp, singing to him with psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. We just finished last time with the idea of pulling out all the stops. In an organ console, when you pull the stop, it allows the air to go through the pipes to make the sound. So when you're pulling out all the stops, I mean, there's no stops. And I really thought about bringing in a recording of a big pipe organ going full tilt. But I did not do that. But that's the idea. We're to praise the Lord with harp and sing and verse... Sing a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise. We are to be 
worshipers of him. Question number one, if you're following in the outline, still page one, I believe. How is it that instruments are to be used in the praising of God? I think God allows us to take these instruments. There are some churches that have no instruments. But in the Bible, clearly, you could have instruments to play. And I think if you use the right way, you can glorify God with them or help to keep. I tell you, it would be difficult for a choir to not have a piano or something to sing with. To sing everything a cappella would be a difficult call upon to do. Now, there are some groups that sing every voctive, voctave. It's like one of those, probably the best choir I've ever heard. Uh, and they sing everything a cappella. Uh, if you want to look them up, Voctave has beautiful Christmas albums. Anyway, that they, they, well, there are very few groups that can do that, but they're all like professional singers or something. I forget what it was. <coughs> Thirdly, it's like question two, what does the psalmist mean with a new song? Well, that's the theme. To, what is a new song? I think sometimes our, our, well, speaking personally, sometimes if we're not careful, we can get into a rut spiritually. My brother, when he prays, he will, he will pray. To, I have to say, I probably prayed irreverently the other day because we were eating at the table and the cat jumped up on the table and I said something about the cat get off the table during my prayer time or something like that or helping me out. I forget exactly what I said. But my brother, when he prays, he just prays like, and Lord, help so-and-so today or help us get through this. It's like, well, prayer is talking to God, is it not? Lord, help me, with, Lord, help me find this. Lord, help me to see that. And so I think... The new song is something fresh. Uh, the new song in the Hebrew suggests a song never heard before that calls for thought. Our thoughts about God should ever be exploring new frontiers of wonder and awe and should ever be expressing themselves in new songs of praise. I promised my wife, I said at supper, I said, I'm going to work Star Trek into here. Do you remember Star Trek? The five-year mission. To boldly go where no one has gone before. Can you imagine Star Trek? This five-year mission to circle the sun every five minutes for five years. What kind of... That's nothing new. You're going to get old hat. Sometimes our prayer life and our worship, if we're not careful, can be, I'm guilty. I've got the same prayer list. And I pray for the same people in the same... If I get out of sequence of y'all when I start praying for everybody... Now, where was I? Because everybody got you right in the same place every day. I pray for you in the same spot every day. So if I get out of sequence, I think, where, where was I? When I? So, I, But we sometimes, what do you need right now? Or stop. I remember I went, Stephen Olford would stop in the middle of things and get on his knee in front of everybody and let's pray for so-and-so right now. And so that's the new song is this idea of we're a fresh praise for God. What has he done for you today? And so that, I think, is what he means here. Some, we are to stand in awe of God. The more you learn about God's wonders, well, Lord, thank you for this. When you be, I bet there's so many things that we have not discovered about ourselves that God already knows. How do we hold together? How do those cells in there, in your body, stop? God holds us together. He does. He's, he's upholding all things by the word of his power. Charles Spurgeon adds in here, to keep up the freshness of worship in your outline is, is a great thing. And in private is indispensable. Let us not present old worn out praise, but put life and soul and heart into every song since we have new mercies every day and see new beauties in the work and word of our Lord. And I just, I just love that. We see these new things. and Well, Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for that. 
Or we sometimes we do like, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Okay, we've, we've gone, that's a good, for a five-year-old or a three, that's a good prayer perhaps. But for us, we should get beyond that, right? We should have something where, Lord, thank you today that you saved us from an accident. Or Lord, you saved me for this. Or this person got saved or got a witness to this person. Or you gave me opportunity and so that is the new song. Play skillfully. Now, I, I found this, and I do not know who said it, so uh, it's not my original words, so they're a little bit, uh, a little bit. I won't say they're sharp, but they're pretty plain. He says, regarding playing skillfully, it is wretched to hear God praise in a slovenly manner. And a slovenly is messy, dirty, careless, excessively casual. He, God, deserves the best we have. Every Christian should endeavor to sing according to the rules of the art so that he may keep time and tune with the congregation. The sweetest tunes and the sweetest voices with the sweetest words are all too little for the Lord our God. Let us not offer him limping rhymes set to harsh tunes and growled out by discordant voices. So I did not say those words, but understanding what he's saying, we should give it our best. Our talents may be small, but unto him give our best, our all. That that should be us. We should save the best for God. The best for God. So Friday night, if there's a piece of pecan pie, I'm not going to save it for somebody else. I might take it on the first time through. But what I should do, if, if Mrs. Porter likes pecan pie, I should get that very first largest piece and say, you know what, Cheryl? Here, this is for you because I know you love us. I'm not going to do that because I'm not, I'm, not I'm not that good of a person. See, but you see, maybe Dave will do that. I don't know what it is. But you see what I'm saying? We sometimes, if I've got enough money at the end of the week, I'll tithe. That's just the wrong mindset. We tithe first and allow God to, I have the money I need by the end of the week. And if I, if I need something, God will supply it as I trust him. I will tell you this. I will tell myself this. If you have difficulties, the first step is right with God. Whether you are a believer, an unbeliever, the first thing you want God's blessing on your life, you must be in tune with Him. And that will get you on the right start if you neglect that, if you reject that. It's just the wrong road. You want the peace that passeth understanding. It's that rightness with God. The word of the Lord, verse 4. The word of the Lord is right, and his works are all done in truth. Spurgeon says on page 2, God writes in a pen or with a pen that never blots, speaks with a tongue that never slips, acts with a hand that never fails. Don't you love that? He is so uh, wordy in a good way. Question 3. In John 1.1, 1, 1, how was the word translated for us into something we could comprehend and understand? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That is how we saw God in 3D. What a wonderful thing. The word was translated for us into something we could comprehend. Tell me, with outside of God's word, how did the world begin? Outside of God's word, why are we here? Outside of God's word, how should we live? With, you see, the foundation is God and his word. 
when you jettison that from whether you're a family, a person, or a country, or a world, you're just, you're on, you're just headed for destruction. How many countries and how many civilizations have simply collapsed when they started varying or straying from God's clear teaching? When, Jesus, when the Lord Jesus came to earth, the word was translated for us. Sadly, much of the world today has lost its moorings. We've cast the ship of state adrift upon the tides of time without sail, anchor, rudder, chart, or compass. We've abandoned the objective standards of morality taught, for instance, in the Ten Commandments. And as a result, people are bewildered. Our children come to school without any knowledge of right and wrong and are easy prey for the dope pusher, the pervert, and the advantage taker, etc. The arguments of those who espouse progressive ideologies sound reasonable to many, but that is only because society has abandoned the objective standards God has provided. Like it for not, like it or not, there are absolutes of morality. There are. Ontology trumps ideology every time. Ontology is what's real. The reality is this. My hair's falling out. So just was it, I raised it, well, was it yesterday morning? I part, didn't go on to, I was getting some stuff out and it was raining and the, and the director said, uh, he stuck his, he, he had that little hole where you got to stick him. He said, Tim, you can park under the drive, you can park under there and it'll save you from getting rained on with all that hair on your head. I said, I know, I lost, it, it, I lost my hair like that. So I, the reality is, there isn't hair up there. There isn't any. I can go back there and, wow, feel that full head of hair? Wow, you're, you're, you're a lunatic. Yes, you are. Reality says, you're bald on top. And just live with it. And just accept it and embrace it. The world does not revolve around me. Nor does it revolve around you. The world revolves around God. It does. It's his world. This is my Father's world. Let me ne'er forget. The word of God, the word of the Lord, the Tetragrammaton, the Yahweh, is, is right. And all his works are done in truth. Question number, is it four? What is the importance of truth to a society? It's interesting. I just learned just this morning that recently the head of the CIA of America and the head of Russian intelligence met together. They were talking one-on-one. -on -one. I wonder if any truthful statements were said. Why would I say it? Because they make their living by being uh, uh, obtuse. They make their living by just a little bit of a truth here and mostly not there. So was it that he was saying, did they, did they did either of them believe anybody? We don't know. But the truth is so important. The Mormon church has, has, a, has a sign on for the truth. If you can just read it for yourself in the news regarding uh, an amendment coming up for vote in our own country. They sign on for that. We've, marriage is prior to government, but yet we think in even our own country, possibly, we're going to realign that, etc. Listen, God supersedes all that, and the truth is so important. Honesty, I like to tell Miss Jefferson, honesty is the first chapter in the book of wisdom. Honesty, the first chapter in the book of wisdom. And I like this, when you stretch the truth, watch out for the snapback. When you stretch the truth, watch out for the snapback. And I know my mom and dad, probably your mom and dad too, maybe you're still telling your children, if you'll just tell me the truth, it'll be easier on you. Just tell me the truth. Well, so a couple of times, I, I, I don't try to get out of it. Very rarely works. What we have without truth is anarchy. If there's no truth and there's no government authority, then whoever's the strongest and has the most guns is going to rule the most people. That's what happens. 
People who abandon the objective standard of God's word will inevitably come crashing down. It is as much a law of the soul and of the state as instrumental flying is to the law of the sky for airplanes when it is cloudy. Was there a plane crash today? Was like what, three humans and 50-some dogs were rescued? I think it was. I saw the news just at supper time. Is it? So the instruments are absolutely... Not, you can't see what's going on. You rely on those instruments. You, we can't see what's going on. We've got to rely upon our loving God. Who knows? And he, he's going he's to bless us. He's going to watch over us. It was interesting. I'm not sure what fit. The new song. I just learned this week, or just reading today. I told you before, Johann Sebastian Bach, this new song that he had, he wrote a new cantata every Sunday for three years. Now that's not only writing it, that is getting it copied and rehearsing it every Sunday, a new musical presentation for three years. And his idea was the new song was to the glory of God. Everything he did was to, he lost both of his parents by the time he was 10. I think both of his parents had, had died. He lived 65 years and what an amazing, prolific, super de duper musician he was and did all this to God's glory. And we still enjoy St. Matthew's Passion, etc. All these beautiful pieces, the organ pieces, etc. that he wrote for us. Because he wanted a new song to praise his Lord with. So, number question number five, in 33.5, what does God love and what is the earth full of? In 33.5, he loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Aren't you glad the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord? Thankfulness and worship are bound up in trusting, trusting in the Lord. When we have no human means of escape and you cry out to God as your only hope and he delivers you, your heart is overflowing with thankfulness as soon as as soon as we got out of danger on monday within the trailer coming over our way my wife says out loud thank you lord for watching over us and uh, it was so quick i didn't have time to slow down or beat my horn i thought thought about it over i didn't have time it's like i just trying to escape out of it and you'll be happy to know i didn't beep at that person when i went by them shortly thereafter <laughs> like i didn't do that i went right on just kept Focus. Get focused. Anyway, I guess, to, I guess that was tooting my own horn. Sorry. We find then that the Lord watches over us. When he works, then... But see, if, if we can do it ourselves, then why praise God? I mean, I, I result. I did it my way. I, and so we should be thankful no matter what the... However it happens, God gave us the wisdom. I like what Adam Clark says. To hear it's worthless... Inhabitants complain. One would think that God disposed or dispensed evil, not good. To hear us complain, he says, we would think that God dispenses evil, not good. God gives you your breath, your life, your water, the rain, the sunshine, all these things. You may protest that your personality is too reserved to get excited about worship. But we get all excited about something that is our delight. Perhaps it's football or perhaps it's fishing or hunting or I don't know. I saw a lot of hunters out this morning on the way to work. And there's perhaps people get excited about hunting and all these different things. And whatever it is that floats your boat, perhaps it's fishing, floating your boat. We get excited about something. Perhaps it's fixing up your car. We should be excited about what God has done for us. We should. 
The secret to heartfelt praise and thanksgiving is to recognize that you were in a desperate situation. You could not save yourself from God's righteous judgment. You cried to the God who spoke the universe into existence, the God who sent His Son to save you by His grace, because now if you experience His great love and grace, you delight in Him. Our song should be without stops. Praise you, Lord, for this. Praise you and thank you for this. Thank you for heaven, for the place you have prepared for us. I go to prepare a place for you. Paul said it was so beautiful he could not even talk about it. it was, when he went to have the third heaven, it's like, wow. If it had been some kind of dreary, scientific, scary part thing up there, or just sitting on, uh, were ethereal creatures sitting on ethereal, playing ethereal harp, sitting on ethereal clouds, he would have told us so. He said, no. I go to prepare a place for you. But we're not so I would have told you. He's gone there. He, this is God's home. It's going to be right. It's going to be righteous. Where he lives now, where Christ is seated at the Father's right hand, it's a beautiful place. It's his house. He's determined how we get there, how anyone gets there. It's through the blood of his son. Matthew Henry comments there in the, at the end of verse 5, what a pity it is that this earth, which is so full of God's goodness, should be so empty of his praises and that of the multitudes that live upon his bounty. There are so few that live to his glory. 1500s, 1600s, Matthew Henry, 1600s. Wow. Uh, and, and people probably were living a lot closer to the Lord then than they are now. So Thanksgiving season, first of all, complete trust and thankfulness. Secondly, we learn to rely completely on the Lord by recognizing the power of his word. Starting in verse 6, the power of his word. We find there it says, For us, by the word of the Lord, were the heavens made. I like the old poem. You probably heard it before. Last eve I paused before the blacksmith's door and heard the anvil ring the vesper chime and looked in I saw old hammers on the floor worn by the beating years of time. How many anvils have you had, said I, to wear and batter all these hammers so? Just one, he said. Then he with a twinkle in his eyes, the anvil wears out the hammers, you know. And so I thought the anvil of God's word for ages skeptic blows have beat upon Yet though the noise of falling blows was heard, the anvil is unharmed. The hammers are gone. God's word shall stand. First of all, another question, well, the power of God's word is seen, here's your first blank, in his creation, in his creation. Now how were the heavens made? By the word of his power. It says right there in our text, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. I like what, what Calvin says. He says here for us, the psalmist brings before us God's creation of the world because until we believe that he created all that is, we won't believe that the world is controlled by his wisdom and power. Shall I repeat that? I shall. The psalmist brings before us God's creation of the world because until we believe that he created all that is, we won't believe that the world is controlled by his wisdom and power. And that's spot on today. If you reject God and his creative ability, then his word and power have no sway over you either. If he did not make the heavens and the earth by his word of his power, then why should I listen to his word? Do you see the, the, the clear, it's when you understand that he is the creator, then we bow before him and understand he also is controlling all things by the word of his power. 
if he can create them, he can control them. But if he, if it's if it's five, fifteen billion years ago and a big bang, something from nothing, then how does God play into that? He doesn't play into that. By the way, true not for this this. Close the door. Don't try to force evolution at all anywhere into God's Word. It doesn't fit anywhere. I just say it doesn't fit anywhere. We find that he continues on. Uh, by his wisdom, in other words, believing that God created the world also leads us to the truth of his providence in ruling the world, which the psalmist develops in 12. So this relates directly to the believer that, that he controls our circumstances and working everything for the good for those according to his purposes. Mrs. Janie just texted me that very reference, eight, Romans 8, 28, as, as I was texting with, her today about, texting with her about her test today. She sent me that very te- uh, reference, Romans 8, 28. And we know all things are working together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So to develop a thankful, worshiping heart, we must bow in awe before the Lord as we realize His immense power in speaking the universe into existence. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. Question 7. Should humankind then have any difficulty bowing before the God who is the creator and sustainer of all? And the answer is a resounding no. We should not. We should not. It's like if I were standing here and they had Mozart was standing here. Now, who do you want to listen to play the piano? Uh, 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 I have no problem. Or, or Franz Litz, have no problem. I'll, just, I'll, I'll get out of the building. You can listen to him. We should have infinitely greater God on our knees, on our face. We're in front of God. We're, we're, facing, we're in the presence of God. We should bow. The immensity of this universe is staggering. And we will start there with next time. Because uh, I don't want to get started on this, I have to stop. So the power of God's word is seen in his creation, and we are to rejoice and to be thankful. And next Wednesday evening, we will talk about Thanksgiving service. And so you'll be thinking about what you can say and put on your turkey feathers for what you are thankful for. And we'll have testimony time, we'll have some singing, uh, we'll have some scripture reading, etc. And that'll be next as we prepare for Thanksgiving. My favorite holiday of the year is Thanksgiving. Perhaps it's not, uh, you don't have to be yours, but I think we need, I'm thinking perhaps not a holiday per se, but maybe every month a day set aside for thanking the Lord. Not, not, not stopping everything, but this is the day we're going to thank God. Wouldn't that be a good thing? Or how about every day? Every day. Hmm. Let's thank God every day. What he's done. Andrew, would you mind closing in prayer, please, sir? Andrew? Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word and how it brings us back to you mm-hmm. in everything that uh, we read through it. You are working in our lives. You are working in history. You work now and you are working also in the future. Thank you that you do work in our lives. Uh, help us as we go through this season, help us to be thankful people. Mm-hmm. Help us not yes. to take things for granted uh, this season but also throughout the rest of the year, help us to truly be thankful for the things that you have given to us and the things that you have withheld from us. Because uh, you, you do a lot in our lives and we don't often see what you do. But help us to, to just be thankful and just help us to honor you through our lives. Uh, go with us as we go our separate ways. Just help us to uh, come again here on Friday and also again on Sunday. Thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day.